Once again, greetings in Jesus' name. This is Kevin Williams from Death Postponed Ministries with my talk, Ancient Principles from the Bible for today's people and for today's problems. God is available for everyone that calls upon the name of the Lord. Jesus Christ is God, and as God is available, He is seated at the right hand of God the Father. Today, I want to again uh, remind you of Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12. For the word of God is, one, it is alive and powerful. Two, it is sharper than any double-edged sword. Three, it penetrates even to the dividing four of the soul and spirit. Five, it goes through the joints and marrow. Six, it judges the thoughts. And seven, and the attitudes of the heart. So the word of God is alive and powerful. God's word is a double-edged sword. God, God's word is available to cut through the soul and the spirit. It cuts through the joints and marrow. And the Bible very clearly states that God judges the thoughts and the attitudes of our heart. So we are we're standing revealed before the eyes of God. The eyes of God at this moment is crisscrossing the entire universe in real time. Complementary to Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12, we find, find this amazing confirmation of Scripture. 2 Timothy 3.16 All Scripture is. One, it is God's breath and is. It has divine benefits when we are available to read and study God's word for ourselves, by ourselves, and for the blessings of God. Second Timothy 3.16, all scripture years. Not just the new, but the old. Not just the old, but the new. It is one comprehensive declaration of the heart of God, of the character of God. God has revealed himself in creation. God has revealed himself in scripture. God has revealed himself in Jesus. God is available. Now remember this. God has never been discovered. Uh, scientists could not we could not. God has, God has come out of hiding. It means God is self-revealed. God declared himself to be alive and well. He exists beyond the highest of heavens. God was not, God was not um, discovered. No, 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 no. He who exists before the foundations of the world came unto Moses on the mountain, in the desert, and revealed himself, says, I am who I say am. So what is the benefit of Second Timothy 3.16? He says, all scripture is. One, it is God's breath. It means it is aligned by God, the Holy Spirit. What is the benefit? One, useful for teaching. It means God's word is a teacher. And God the Holy Spirit is the divine teacher to, to, to open the mysteries of Scripture that we can have confidence in God, confidence in His Word, confidence in Christ, and confidence in His salvation. B, it is useful for rebuking. C, it is useful for correcting. And D, it is useful for training in a righteousness. This is my declaration. This is my theme for today. 
God exists above our world. God is transcendent. God is above and below. At the same time, God has caused heaven and earth to come alive, to come into existence, to be. God, by his spoken word, caused heaven and earth to be. Again, I want to say that my theme for today, God exists above our world. Christ is the creator of our world. Christ is the universal governor appointed for earth. Christ is always available when earth are in trouble. Now we are in trouble today. Our world is in trouble. People are in trouble. And I say to you, Jesus is the governor over the entire universe but in particular he has been anointed he has been appointed he has been approved for planet earth so earth was not abandoned by god because heaven does not exist in itself heaven stands linked it is connected to earth and earth cannot go independent we are dependent on heaven now remember this god can go alone. God is independent from the earth, but our world, our people, the entire universe cannot go independent from God. God forbid that we abandon God in, in total. No, we cannot. Our livelihood, our existence are determined or dependent on our linking to heaven. Heaven is the source and earth is the beneficiary. God is merciful. Christ is always available upon our call. You call upon the name of Jesus and God will not delay. God will come by his spirit because he's already available in the world. Listen to this. God, before his physical manifestation in Jesus Christ, caused heaven and earth to exist. The galaxies exist by his spoken word. The planets, dark space, matter, time, exist by his spoken word. The sun for the day came into existence. The moon for the night came into existence. By his spoken word, the entire universe came into existence by the will of God, for the places of God, by for the purposes of God. So the world exists, heaven and earth exist for the places of God, for the will of God, and for the glory of God. Jesus Christ is God. Listen to this small poem that I wrote. The stars turn every dark corner alight. In the absence of streetlights, it makes nighttime bright. No end inside of day, no end inside of night. The stars are faithful witnesses every night. Even in darkness, stars an amazing sight. By the power of God's might, 
in the beginning turns on every light. Isn't that amazing? That God has placed the sun, God has placed the moon, God has placed the stars in the firmament, in the heavens, so that we can see the glory of God in the stars. His handy works I see him. On the wind, he speaks with majesty. Though he rules over land and sea, what is that to me? Jesus Christ is majestic. Jesus Christ is gregarious. Jesus Christ is God above the earth. He is timeless. He sees us. He exists unabatedly. Remember, God is beyond time. Time was created for us. And God is amazing. Let us give an understanding what the phrase heaven and earth means. What is the understanding of the phrase heaven and earth? One, the heaven and the earth is a figure of speech indicating the two stand not for heaven and earth individually, but everything represents the entire cosmos. So it means heaven does not stand uh, alone from earth and earth does not stand separate from heaven it is one one unit it is the entire universe that God reigns above and God reigns below God is available above and God is available below so anytime any place anywhere irrespective if it's daytime or nighttime, God stands majestic. God sees everything in real time. And those who call upon the name of Jesus, God will not abandon you. God will turn his back on you. No, no, no. God will come to you in a twinkling, in a moment of when we are faithing God. Faithing God's soul moves mountains. Two, the word cosmos may refer to the universe or the whole creation of God. So above and below speaks about the creation of God. And so majestic, it was brought about by His spoken word. So there is credentials in God. Here, when He speaks, things come into play. So the written word of God. Remember, God's word is written by his spoken word, it manifests when he speaks. But the written word of God also reveals that God has spoken before time began. Point three, we find in the Acts of the Apostle, chapter 17, verse 24, an amazing statement that God is the creator of the universe and everything in it. The things seen and the things unseen. The things visible and the things invisible. So whatever I don't see, it exists. Because God brought the entire universe into existence. So if you see the mountains, if you see the oceans, if you see the fauna and flora, if you see the whales and you see the, 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 the tiny animals in the, in the, on the earth, it represents that God has caused everything and everything into existence. Listen to what a cosmo cosmologist, a professor, Alan Garth, said pertaining to the universe. He says these words, the universe burst into something from absolutely nothing, zero, nada. 
as it got bigger, it became filled with even more stuff that came from absolutely nothing. Now, this is amazing. God has the audacity to speak and, and brought from nothing everything. So, so, so God can, can bring into existence if there's nothing in existence. God can speak and everything comes into formation. The universe burst into something from absolutely nothing. Zero. Nada. As it got bigger, it became filled with even more stuff that came from absolutely nothing. Ex nihilo. God created from nothing and he brought the entire universe into existence. So if God can sustain the universe, heaven and earth, for billions and billions of years, then God has the audacity to redeem you and to redeem me. He will not abandon, he cannot abandon, he shall not abandon on our, the people on the face of the earth. What we have to do is call upon the name of Jesus and God will show up in our problem, God will show up in our crisis, God will show up when we believe that God exists beyond the universe. Point five. In Jewish philosophy, in extra-biblical literature, 2 Maccabees, chapter 728, states, listen to this, I beseech you, my child, to look at the heaven and the earth and see everything that is in them and recognize that God did not make them out of things that existed. So the heaven and the earth came from nothing, but God has the audacity, God has the power to cause things to come from nothing and to create everything, heaven and earth, is because God desired, God willed, and God spoke what he planned in his heart. So if God can sustain heaven and earth, then he, is, he has the audacity, the capability, and the Willingness to maintain you and to maintain me. Point six. It's amazing to note in scripture that God owns heaven and earth. Now, now remember, heaven is the source and earth, we are the recipients. We are not the owners. We own nothing. We are transient. It means we are temporal. We come and we go, you own property, you are a billionaire, you are a trillionaire, whatever you have, we are transient, we are sojourners. God is the only owner of whatever we have. It's amazing to note in scripture that God owns heaven and earth. Point seven, we find these words in the book of Deuteronomy chapter 10, 14, where God claims I say, we are recipients of divine benefits. God gave earth to us, but heaven and earth belongs to him. Listen to Deuteronomy chapter 10, 14. Behold the heaven, and the heaven of heavens is the Lord's thy God. God owns heaven and the highest heaven. Point eight. We find these words in classical theism, the theistic argument, listen to this, 
transcending the entire universe, there exists a cause which brought the universe into being ex nihilo or from nothing. Our whole universe was caused to exist by something beyond it and greater than it. For it is no secret that one of the most important conceptions of what theists mean by God is the creator of the heaven. God is beyond it and God is greater than it. So it means we have somebody able, capable, dependable, faithful, reliable, trustable. God is available. He has proven himself when I was down with the highest level of blood cancer. I call upon the name of Jesus and I receive an out of this world peace. Imagine in the midst of the point of death, I had peace. I heard and I read in Psalm 118 verse 17, God gave this promise to me. He says to me, Kevin, you will not die but live. Come back and make a declaration that Jesus is the creator of heaven and earth. He is the owner of the cattle of a thousand hills. He has the power to redeem from disease, sickness and pain. He reigns supernaturally above the heavens and the earth. Point nine. If the universe has a cause, then an uncaused, God is the uncaused cause. He's the personal creator of the universe and he exists. He who without the universe, listen to this, he is beginningless, he is changeless, God is immaterial, God is timeless, God is spaceless and infinite in power. What is your view of God? How big is your God? My God can and did redeem me from the ultimate reality of death, blood cancer. But in the midst of my blood cancer deal, I call upon the name of Jesus. And God has never failed me. God cannot abandon. God cannot fail you. God is uh, dependable, reliable, and he is status quo immutability and that brings about the faithfulness of God point 10 as infinite power it refers to God as Al-Sadai Jehovah Al-Sadai or how God is called the mighty God all power is in him is the source of all power Point 11, as also died, God spoke the universe into existence. As for Psalm 33 verse 9, for he spoke and it came to be. He commanded and it stands firm. Point 12, the psalmist say this about God's creation. As per Psalm 8 verse 3, when I consider your heavens, the works of your fingers, the moon and the stars which you have set in place. Point 13. In the stars is handy work I see. On the wind he speaks with majesty. Though he ruleth over land and sea, what is that to me? 
God um, by the power of his right, right hand force the world to exist. Now I, I'm just excited that God has the ability to redeem you and to redeem me from whatever situation that we may face. Today I wish to continue our investigation into our 23rd word, the word heaven, as found in Psalm 21 verse 2, my help comes from the Lord which made heaven and earth. What is this verse? What's the reason that God has given this verse to us? Heaven and earth is the credentials of who we deal with. If God can, and God did, cause heaven and earth to be, then there's nothing impossible for our God. You call upon Jesus right now in your situation, and you will, the first, the first installment of his presence, there will be a change of atmosphere. In the midst of my hostage-taking drama many years ago, when somebody pointed his firearm in my face at my home, when they opened my briefcase and, and saw my police badge and take my gun, so there's two guns in, and now they are three, and they have a knife, they stepped in my side, but at this moment when I saw the firearm, I said the blood of Jesus is against you. I kept on making this declaration, the blood of Jesus is against you. And majestically, and amazingly, you know what happened? They were still there, but the atmosphere was transformed. The atmosphere from hostility was total tranquility. I say God walks in your crisis and he speaks peace amidst a storm. So let us investigate what this word heaven means for us. Point A. What does heaven refer to? One, the word heaven is the 23rd word in Psalm 21 verse 2. Point two, our word heaven is a translation in the English language. Point three, the word heaven in Hebrew is called Samahim. And in the Greek it is called Uranos. Point four. Point four, the Hebrew word for heaven, Samahim, is a plural noun form that literally means the heights above, beyond human understanding, beyond human control. Five, both the word in Hebrew, Shamayim, and Oranos are used in different places in Scripture to refer to three different places. Point six, the word heaven is actually a plural noun and must read heavens. So basically, we are informed that scripture details three heavens, not just one, as we thought it to be. Here, what I'm going to mention the three heavens that exist as per the word of God. Point A. The, one, the first one that I'm going to share with you is called the atmospheric heaven. As per Genesis chapter 7, 11 to 12. This is the sky or the troposphere, the region of breathable atmosphere that blankets the earth just above our observation, just 
just above uh, when I lift up my eyes, I see the, the skies. That is called the atmospheric heaven. Genesis chapter 7 11. The fountains of the great deep broken up, and the windows of heaven were opened. And the rain was upon the earth forty days and forty nights. There the word heaven refers to the blanket of atmosphere around the world, which is where hydrological cycles occur. Psalm 147 verse 8 says that God covers the heavens with clouds. This is called the first heaven. So the first heaven is the clouds wherefrom we find nourishment for earth, water, hail, fire, all these things is available in the first heaven. B. The second heaven is called the planetary heaven or the second heaven is where the stars, the moon and the planets and the galaxies and space as per scripture Genesis 1 exist. Let us read Genesis 1. Then God said, 1. Let there be light in the firmament of the heavens to divide the day from night. 2. And let them be for signs and seasons and for days and for years. 3. And let them be for lights in the firmament of the heavens to give light, light on the heavens and to give light on the earth. And so it was. Point 4. Then God made two great lights. The greater light to rule the day, the sun, and the lesser light to rule the night, the moon. Point five. He made stars also. God set them in the firmament, in the second heaven, to give light on the face of the earth. Point, point C. The third heaven. So we have the first one, the atmospheric heaven. We have the second one, the planetary heaven. And now we have the, the majestic one, the third heaven. One, Apostle Paul alludes in 2 Corinthians 12. This is what he says in verse 2. 2 Corinthians 12, verse 2. I knew a man in Christ, whether in the body I cannot tell, whether out of the body I cannot tell. Such a man was caught up to the third heaven. Point two. It's assumed that God dwells in the third heaven with his holy angels and the saints who died. But Solomon made a startling statement. He says that heaven and the highest of heaven cannot contain God. Remember, there's no physicalities in God. The Bible says in John 4.24, God is spirit. So God cannot be contained. God cannot be controlled. And how much more does people, the earthlings, want to control God? They want to see God as a genie. They are rapid and they want God to appear. God doesn't work that way. Uh, Peter says that, that a day is like a thousand years and a thousand years like one day. So when we are facing God... God may not respond immediately, but listen to the song. Ford is laid, but God is always on time. I want to look at a second point. 
Point B. Heaven refer to God's transcendence above the earth. What does heaven mean? It means God's transcendence above the earth. Point one. Transcendence refers to existence beyond the physical earth or level. God cannot be seen with a naked eye. God cannot be touched with our hands. We will never see God in our lifetime, but it doesn't mean that God does not exist. He exists beyond physical earth. He exists beyond time, space, and matter. God sees us even though we cannot see Him. And God's eyes are crisscrossing the entire universe, seeking out the believer to protect, to redeem, and to deliver us. Point two, transcendence of God means that God is outside of humanity's full experience, perception, or grasp. We cannot even uh, comprehend God. We can, or even though we give God thousand names, yet God stands above the name calling that we give Him. Point three, the psalmist edified God's transcendency as per Psalm 113, 46. Listen to this. Now, what transcendency means is edified through this verse the Lord is high above. What does transcendence mean? God is high above all the nations. And his glory above the heavens. Who is like the Lord our God. Who is seated on high. Who look for far down. God look far down. On the heavens and the earth. A majestic that Jesus Christ is at this moment. In the transcendency position. He is in the presence of God. And he is above the nations. And his glory above the heavens. Who is like the Lord our God, who is seated on high, who look far down, so God sees everything on the heavens and upon the face of the earth. Point four. Heaven is often used as a symbol of authority. For example, when King Nebuchadnezzar learned that the heavens do rule, David, Daniel says in, in Daniel chapter 426 that God reigns in the heavens and upon the face of the earth. So, so God don't need to come in person at this moment. No, no, no. He reigns and rules. He is the sovereignty over the entire universe. He is the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. He is majestic and is mighty slow, but is always on time. Point five: Heaven refers to God's superiority over the entire physical universe. And earth and heaven. As per Deuteronomy 10.17. Now what we find in Deuteronomy 10.17. It reveals six levels of God's supremacy over the earth. I think God is supreme over heaven and earth. Listen to Deuteronomy 10.17. The Lord your God. This is the person of the Lord. And Savior Jesus Christ. One Supreme over all gods. Isn't this majestic? He is over all gods caused by religion. Supreme over all gods and over all powers. 
Point three, he is great and mighty. Four, he is to be obeyed. Five, he does not show partiality. Six, he does not accept bribes. Isn't this gigantically, isn't this amazing? So God has no favorites. And God does not accept bribes. That's why uh, many people are frustrated because they cannot contain, they cannot control God because they cannot buy God. They cannot buy his favor. Faith in God does the difference. What is the implications for our spiritual benefit if God is above all gods, is above all powers, he's great and mighty, he is to be obeyed, he does not show partiality, he does not accept bribes. What is the implications for our world today? One, God is beyond religion and the gods brought about by religion. The gods of this world, the gods of religion are, are hay, stone and, and wood and stubble. They are dead. They have eyes they cannot see. They have ears they cannot hear. They have feet they cannot walk. They have hands but they cannot touch. They have a mouth but they cannot speak. Their gods, the gods of religion are dead. Our God is the living God that caused by his spoken word heaven and earth to come alive. Point two. God is beyond the supreme and every conceivable power. One, Satan, demons, and evil spirits are under God's rule, are under God's reign. At the mention of the name Jesus, there's an earthquake in heaven at this moment. There's an earthquake in the kingdom of darkness. When the name Jesus is declared, demons, Satan, evil spirits must bow down in every nation that opposes Christ will be brought down. Point B. God is beyond empires and governments. King Nebuchadnezzar had to realize in his arrogancy that he is a man and God is spirit. God reigns above. We can reign below. Now what does transcendency basically represents when you say God is omnipresent, it means God is here, there, and everywhere. God is unseen, yet God is intangible. I cannot touch him, I cannot see him, but he exists. Even beyond the highest heaven. God is omniscience. Represented God has foreknowledge, God knows everything. God is omnipotent, it means God is all-powerful. Listen to the words of Exodus chapter 6 verse 3. And God states of himself and who he is towards us as per Exodus chapter 6 verse 3. He says, I appear to Abram, I appear to Isaac, I appear to Jacob as God Almighty. So God himself says, I am Al Shaddai, I am the Almighty God. Listen to the words of Jethro, the priest of Midian in the times of Jesus. Listen to what he says in Exodus 18 verse 11. He makes this declaration. Now I know that the Lord is greater 
than the God of this world. I believe the reason that I was unable to walk away from a blood cancer was because I believe this. I know that Jesus Christ is Lord and he's greater than the gods of religion. He's greater than the gods of this world. Remember, gods are created in the mind of man. God is uncreated. He exists before time began. For death, God demands obedience from those who worship him. Point G, favoritism and partiality is not God's character. Our country, our workplace, our society is plagued with favoritism and partiality. We take sides. We even pay people to take our side. God cannot be bored. God is not so in favoritism and is God is not partial. God doesn't take a side. Point eight, God accepts no bribes. Isn't this amazing? And is incorruptible. No nation, no religion can claim ownership of God. No religion can adequately explain God. Even if we give God thousand names, yet God is above our names that we may try to control him, try to contain him. God is above human comprehension and control. Listen to this. Jesus is called wonderful in Isaiah 9 6, meaning God is incom incomprehensible. Christ is available but uncontainable and cannot be controlled. Let us hasten to a close with my third point, point C. Heaven reveals the status of Jesus. Remember, more than 2,000 years ago, something majestic, something amazing, something redemptive came into our world. The world that worked, that was waited in darkness, saw a great light. Jesus says, I am the light of the world. John 3, 13, listen to this. No one has ascended into heaven except he who descended from heaven, the Son of Man. God came into our world while we were yet sinners. Christ died for us. God gave us Jesus to redeem us. It means we are not abandoned, but we are loved. 2. John 6, verse 62. What if he shall see the Son of Man ascend up to where he was before? At this moment, Jesus Christ is transcendent. He's above in the very presence of God. So there's a man in the presence of God. He's the God-man. He's available on our call. When we call upon the name of Jesus, God will be redemptive. God is merciful. He is our deliverer. He's our savior. And he's our protector. Point three. And now, O Father, glorify thou me with thine own self, with the glory which I had with thee before the world was. Jesus Christ made this declaration while it was on the face of the earth. He says, And now, O Father, glorify thou me with thine own self, 
with the glory which I had with thee before the world came into existence. Point four. Ephesians 4.10 He who descended is the very one who ascended higher than all the heavens in order to fill the whole universe. Jesus Christ at this moment is over and beyond the heavens and the earth. He fills the whole universe. We cannot escape God. God is ever present. Point five. Ephesians 1.20 which God exerted in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at the right hand in the heavenly realm. Point six. Hebrews 7.26 Such a high priest. Remember Jesus is now as the high priest, as the mediator, as the advocate for our benefit. Such a high priest truly benefits us. One who is holy, innocent, undefiled, set apart from sinners, and exalted above the heavens. God is transcendent, so that when sinner calls upon the name of Jesus, we have an adequate mediator, we have a great high priest, and we have a majestic advocate in the presence of God. When I confess my sins, God will forgive my sins and cleanse me from all sin. Listen to Acts chapter 7, verse 55. Acts chapter 7, 55. But Stephen, when he was stoned, and just before he died, full of the Holy Spirit, looked up to heaven and saw the glory of God. Listen to this. And Jesus, standing at the right hand of God, saw Jesus Christ. When I say heaven, I say Jesus Christ exists beyond the heaven of heavens to intercede for you as high priest as prophet as king of kings lord of lords as mediator and advocate for our salvation i want to conclude my meditation god exists above our world Heaven refer to everything above. God is transcendent in deducing Isaiah 55 verse 9. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. Psalm 103 verse 11 and 12. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is the loving kindness towards those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far as you remove our transgressions by the sacrificial death of Jesus on your behalf and of mine. Our salvation is from above and is available for everyone below. Call upon the name of Jesus and we will be saved. This is Kevin Williams from Death Postponed Ministries with my talk, Ancient Principles from the Bible for today's people and the problems. I want to say again, God before his physical manifestation in Jesus caused heaven and earth to exist. Galaxies by spoken word came into existence. Planets by spoken word came into existence. The sun for the day came into existence.
the moon for the night came into existence. By his spoken word, the entire universe came into existence by the will of God. The stars turned every dark corner alight. In the absence of three lights, it makes nighttime bright. No end in sight for day, no end in sight of night. The stars are faithful witnesses every night. Even in darkness, stars an amazing sight. By the power of God's might, in the beginning turns on every light. The peace of the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ be with you as you call upon the name of Jesus. We will be saved. Amen.